Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. Uh, I am Lynn Pryor, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Chris, it's good to be with you again. Great to see you, Lynn. Hope you're doing well today. I think so. I have not heard otherwise, good, but I good. tell you, I'm excited because uh, Christina Zimmerman, who is, she, she's not new to our podcast, but Christina has joined us again for another podcast. Christina, thanks for being with us. And it's so good to be with you today. I am looking forward to our topic of discussion. It is one that, I, that is close to my heart. And it's not one so. that we talk about much either, is it? That's really true. So let's, let's let our listeners in on what this is about. Thank you for listening to uh, this podcast of Bible Studies for Life Adult. And to, we are in the midst of a study on spiritual disciplines. And uh, we're going to be talking specifically um, about fasting today. Uh, and uh, Lynn will talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But let me remind you, Jim Wilson is the author of all of these lessons. And uh, Jim uses this uh, sentence to describe what a spiritual discipline is. A spiritualist discipline are those small things that Christians intentionally do to open themselves to God's work of conforming them to the image of Christ. So this is, these are, these are, Things that we do, we choose to do, we're intentional about them uh, with the hope that God will take these and use these as a way to help us become more and more like Jesus. So today we're talking about maintaining our focus on God, uh, making, make, being laser focused on him. And the, the subject matter for us is fasting. So, uh, Christina, you mentioned that this is near, to your, near and dear to your heart. So are you a regular faster? You know, in some respects, I am, and not so much food, because I know food is, is what is usually, usually eliminated when you're on a fast, but I have a tendency to just steal away from other things that distract me from my focus on God. You know, I know for a while there, I was an avid player of hearts on the <laughs> computer, and I realized it was using too much time. So I just said, okay, God, it's time to lay this aside and focus my attention on you. So in some ways, I, I just have to give up something that, that, you know, that distracts me from, from spending that quality time with, with God. So one of the things that we, we want to talk about, and I think it will be interesting, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of conversation for us today or for our groups, but uh, the first question out of the gate is, how do you tune out distractions when you really need to focus? So what are some things you guys do? What, 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 I'm sorry. What you, I was looking at my phone. <laughs> One thing I, that, that uh, helps me tune out, this may sound odd because I'm adding to what I'm hearing, but typically when I really need to focus on commentary or some serious study, what helps me to focus, I play classical music. Now, I've had friends that tell me that just totally distracts them, but it's not for me. It helps me kind of get in the zone. Well, Glenn, we know you actually do this because every now and then when we were in the office and in cubicles, <laughs> your music would begin to play and we would try to find out where it was and who was, who was playing that music. And it, it distracted the rest of us, but yes. I'm glad it was beneficial uh, to you. Uh, so uh, we were talking earlier today. Uh, one of the things in the introduction to this is Jim Wilson talks about um, a concept called inbox zero. Lynn, you want to describe what inbox zero is? 
Well, it's just that idea that, um, you know, the theory is that you clear out your, your email inbox and you keep it empty. You will experience a higher level of productivity, a sense of stability and lower stress levels. And I would agree with that. I've had a couple of weeks just right here. My, my inbox has actually been zero. When something comes, now I don't immediately jump on it, but I just deal with things when they come in and try to focus on that. Now, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris lives in a different world. Than uh, I totally different zone. So I, I have three email accounts that, that I deal with. One's a personal one, one's for my church, and one is uh, for Lifeway. And currently there are 29,000 unread Ooh. emails in my wow. inbox. Now you're probably counting uh, in there. About the, 5,000. But you're counting spam and yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't care to don't care to read them, look at them. So I don't know what they are, <laughs> and and they don't bother me at all. I am not distracted whatsoever um, <laughs> by the fact that I have thousands of of emails in my in my in inbox. But um, I think it's wise for you if if that is the source of frustration or distraction that you have a technique or a way to deal with that so that it's not a distraction for you. So uh, there are some things like that, that we're going to talk about. When I first met Jim Wilson, uh, he did a book for us called soul shaping spiritual disciplines that conform us to the image of Christ. And he, he uh, actually talked about some of the things that Christina talked about early um, in that book that fasting isn't just about not eating uh, or choosing not to eat food so you can focus on God. But there are other things that we can uh, fast from. And he talked about uh, uh, shutting off uh, your social media and your smartphones, just totally disconnecting from those things uh, and being intentional about doing that so you could focus your attention on God. You know, and, and through, the, through the COVID season, you know, my, my time on my smartphone was really, really went up a lot. I'd get these messages messages every now and then it would say report how how much time in the week the previous week I'd spent um, and it's kind of embarrassing for me so uh, this may be a timely reminder for us that there are are some things that we can fast from that may benefit our our connection to God right and so Chris let's kind of keep that focus on that focus it's not just fasting for the sake of fasting it's fasting to keep us rightly focused on Christ Right. We got to keep that in mind. So what we're going to, we're actually going to be in the book of Daniel for this particular session. Uh, and as we jump into Daniel chapter nine, we're going to begin just by this idea that fasting helps us focus really on greater things than just our physical needs. Now in the context of this greater thing in Daniel's life, it was this, this remembering the prophecies of Jeremiah, uh, the idea they're going to be coming back, hopefully, you know, to their, Back to Jerusalem. Uh, Daniel's in exile right now. And um, so it says here, uh, let me see, I'm just going to kind of pick up here. I, Daniel, understood from the books according to the word of the Lord to the prophet Jeremiah that the number of years for the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70. So I turned my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and petitions with, thank, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And he says, then I pray to the Lord, my God, and I confessed. Ah, Lord, the great and awe-inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love him and keep his commands. He knew he needed to seek God and focus on him. So he fasted even with the, with the uh, sackcloth and ashes. 
So an easy way to get into the conversation about fasting would be to ha ask people if they have practiced fasting of any kind and, and, to, and to talk about why, what are some reasons why people fast. And most people have had to not eat before medical reasons because they're getting ready to have a, a medical procedure or a test. Uh, there are other reasons that people fast. So we don't need to just, uh, just think that it's a spiritual thing, uh, but that we need to make that turn quickly to, to that being the focus of our attention as we talk about fasting. So do you, do you guys recall first experiences with fasting in your lives? Um, yeah, I, I do recall some uh, experiences as a very young Christian. I've been a Christian now for many, many years, and I do recall that that I had issues with fasting, and this is something that we may want to identify as we're talking about fasting today. Um, I was very, very frail during those times because of of uh, some uh, emotional issues that I had, so I wasn't eating anyway. And mm. so as my team was calling for a fast, I was advised not to fast food because I didn't, they didn't want me to get sick and I didn't want to get sick. So, um, so that's when I began to fast other things. And I realize even today that it's difficult for me to, to fast food for those same reasons because I have eating disorders. I had an eating disorder and I have uh, eating problems now that so i need to think of other ways to to fast and that's a good word and and, and it may be one that you um as a listener to this podcast may be aware of personally but also maybe share with others that not everyone can do this because of uh, issues in their lives if if you're a diabetic or if you have other medical issues uh, it just may not be the best thing so you should uh you get your doctor's approval if there's any question about those kind of things. Um, I, I recall uh, a friend contacted me and just in, in turmoil and uh, under uh, just, just a, a lot of fear about uh, some things that were going on and uh, was ask me if I would, if I would pray with them. So uh, I, I made the decision without saying anything to that person that, that to fast and, uh, it's the first time I'd ever done that. And so I was probably 17, 18 years old. And um, one of the things I discovered early on was um, if you haven't eaten for a while, you, you get these hunger pains that, you know, <laughs> you, that, that just kind of catch surprise, surprise. But, but the benefit of fasting is that when you have those uh, desires that, Oh, I need to eat. It's a reminder. Oh, this is, I'm focusing on God. I'm focusing on prayer. And it becomes a constant <laughs> uh, reminder that, that uh, I'm, I'm hungry. Oh, I need to focus on God. I need to keep, I need to keep this prayer uh, before the Lord. So I think that's one of the benefits of fasting. It, 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 it because, um, we're not used to that. We don't, we don't, in, in the culture that we live in, we, we don't ever go without or not eat. And uh, it, it is a, a way that, that God uses our, our, our natural physical appetites to return our focus to him. Sure. 
And the, the idea here is to do what Daniel did. He, is his praying was, God, you know, I sure am hungry. Kind of keep the hunger pains away. Though his focus was on God. <laughs> That's right. His prayer began with praise and adoration. He didn't just go immediately to the reason he was fasting, you know, what the need was, the burden on his heart. He started with a focus on God. That he said, the great and awe-inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love him and keep his commands. His focus was on Jesus first, or on, on God first. Well, I, I love hearing both of you talk about just that uh, purpose of fasting having some experience in your life where it was just a going deeper. It was a, uh, I want to stay connected to God. I want to, to, to be in a, in an intimate relationship with him where I'm really focused on him. And uh, that, that would be a good challenge for our, for our listeners to consider um, and for that to be a part of the conversation this week. Now, Chris, as we, we've been talking about it in terms of fasting, but this session is also going to draw us to see the importance and the value of confession. Okay, uh, and and that's what Daniel's doing in this context. He is uh, he's burdened for Jerusalem, and so he begins with a sense of praise. But then you pick up in verse five, and he says, "We have sinned." Now, notice the "we" is not uh, the the Jewish people have sinned. He's including himself. We have sinned, done wrong, acted wickedly, rebelled, and turned away from your commands and ordinances. I mean, he pulled no punches. <laughs> he found all sorts of ways to describe their rebellion. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke to your name, to our kings, leaders, ancestors, and all the people of the land. Lord, righteousness belongs to you. I mean, there's just a heart of confession. God, we've blown it. Yeah, Jim, Jim mentions uh, Solomon's prayer at the dedication of, of the temple where um, Solomon prayed that if there was ever a time where we turn from the Lord, that we would, that he would remind us and that uh, he uses that second Chronicles seven fourteen passage. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, uh, that I will hear their prayers and forgive their sins. So, uh, but in that season of Solomon's life, uh, he was very tuned to God, grateful to God. And God made it really clear. You know, if you guys, if you are faithful and obedient uh, you'll receive my blessings, but when you when that changes, uh, when when you when you adopt and uh, take on a lifestyle of, of of sin, make sinful choices, and continue to live in that sin, uh, there's th- those benefits go away. And uh, I think that that uh, when Daniel talks about this passage, he's talking about you know it. Um, so when I think about sin, it, it's personal. Uh, it's the sin in my life. I don't, I don't be, usually ever begin with thinking about other people and how sinful they are. I've, I'm sinful enough for all of us. But uh, uh, Daniel quickly says, uh, we have sinned. Well, Daniel's probably the most righteous person uh, in his time, one of the most righteous <laughs> people who ever lived. But he says, this is something, this is a problem for all of us. We have sinned. We as your people have sinned. And, and I think that that's important for us to, uh, to, to understand. And, and I, think, I think confession needs to be personal first, but I think that yeah. there's that sense of we need to talk about these greater sins as well. Daniel is helping us to see, too, that the holiness of God, you know, that right. as sinners— if we're going to approach God, 
with a dire need or something that we want him to do, then we need to clean ourselves up. And confession is a way to do that. God sees the sin anyway. But I'm sure that God wants us to know that we've been dirtied up by these sins. So we cleanse ourselves by confessing our sins, and then we can stand before a holy God. And, and I believe when Daniel did this, that it gave him confidence. You know, his, uh, his prayer was so confident. In verse uh, 18, he was able to, to say, uh, listen closely, my God, and hear. You know, so that demonstrated that he had a, a confidence that he could talk to God intimately. And I know it was because of that confession or partly because of that. Right. And that confession, we, uh, when we confess and focus on, on not, not, not focusing so much on our sin, but in light of our sin, we focus on God's righteousness. We remember, too, that he is a God who forgives. Yes. And so with that, as we think about praying and fasting, again, it keeps drawing our focus back to God. When you go down to verse 17, uh, Daniel's prayer continues where he says, Therefore, our God, as you say, Christina, hear our prayers and the petitions of your servant. Now, it, it, you know, the Hebrew, the Hebrew behind the word hear, it's not just, you know, let it enter your ears. Hear implies do something about it. Hear it and respond. So God, hear our prayers and respond. Make your face shine on your desolate sanctuary for the Lord's sake. Listen closely, my God, and hear. He keeps coming back to that, that God, please respond. And when we're zoned in, when we're focused in our prayer and our confession, uh, we, we ask those, those um, very clear and concise uh, have those kind of requests. Um, we're asking with a, a strong level of expectation, like you said, Lynn, that God will hear and that he will act, that he will work on our behalf. Now, we do tend to talk about this in terms of <clears throat> individuals. And we, we, there's so much of our Bible studies. I was just, maybe it's our American culture. We think about us and we should, I should pray. I should fast. I should confess. But I, don't want to, I think it'd be wise for our groups to also think of in terms of how does that impact the community of believers, whether we're talking about our Bible study group or the full church as a whole. You know, to, to talk about what are some of the benefits of praying, confessing, and fasting as a community, just to talk about how that would benefit our church. Yeah, I think that it would have a, a powerful benefit and that it would bring people together and on one accord. That's right. Yes, so that, and that's very important. You can see that very important in the New Testament. It was important to Jesus. It was important in Paul's teachings that we be unified. And fasting is a way to unify us around a, a need or a challenge and have us, as I said, on one accord. Another one of the questions that we ask um, for our groups to consider and to talk about is that gets us back to the idea of, of staying connected to God and not being distracted is what, what obstacles might keep us from prayer, confession, and fasting? What hinders us from doing those things? So it would be a great opportunity for us to talk and to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us some things that are, are those obstacles that 
hinder our our focus on God. So my hope is that that folks who are doing this lesson will will be drawn into the importance of being focused, laser focused on, on staying connected to God. Good. That's good, Chris. Well, with that, thank you for listening to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. We're always grateful for you, our listener, for taking the time to uh, to listen, and we hope that you will focus your heart's uh, f- mind and your heart uh, on God and, and his desires for you and that this this lesson will be beneficial to you. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about um, Christina's work and the U curriculum, and then she has a teaching tip for us as well. Right. Christina uh, Zimmerman, does. Uh, she serves as the content editor for uh, a curriculum that's called U, just Y-O-U. Now, U does stand on its own, but it also, uh, there's a very strong marriage between U and Bible Studies for Life. Uh, the key difference is that U does the same studies, but it is designed for a unique uh, audience. Christina, tell us about the audience that U is designed for. Yes, uh, the curriculum U is designed for the urban and the African-American audience. It's not that uh, the Bible is different for different people, but we know that the culture and the experiences of different people may uh, need to be viewed as we think about how to apply the different scripture passages and verses that we study. So we use the vernacular of various cultures, the facts and historical information related to African-American audiences and urban audiences so that we can speak to you right where you are, in your home, in your community, and in your church. So if you are a, a, your group is in an urban setting or it's an African-American group, African-American church, um, just keep in mind that you, the, the commentary that in between and you and Bible studies for life, it's the exact same commentary as Christina pointed out, you know, that's, that, that goes above culture. Uh, but uh, what she does in you is she takes this material that Jim Wilson wrote and she will put it in there, but she will change it as needed to fit the context of an urban or an African-American church. And then, of course, the graphics. Uh, there's some, some columns that Christina creates that make it very unique for that uh, audience. So if you are in an urban church, an African-American community, let me just encourage you to go look at you to see uh, how it might, it might fit what you're doing with your group. Because, again, it's the same studies that we're doing in Bible Studies for Life. You can go to lifeway.com you just while you, you can see it there. In fact, you can even see some samples of it. Uh, so Christina, thank you for your leadership in that. And so why don't you close us out? Give us, uh, those of us who are leaders in groups, why don't you just give us a good practical tip? Okay. Okay. One of the goals as curriculum developers is to help you to be an effective teacher. And one of the marks of an effective teacher is the ability to teach from the overflow from your life. In other words, you need to encounter God through the scriptures before you can really share the truth. This is especially true for uh, teachings on sp- spiritual dis- disciplines. So we have, um, we, we're just asking that you 
prepare, as you prepare this week's lesson, ask God to reveal what he wants you to teach before you attempt to teach others. You may even spend this week fasting and praying so that you can share deep personal insights mm. on what it means to fast, to pray, and to confess. Wow. So anytime that we talk about fasting, we have to keep in mind uh, what Jesus taught about fasting, that we don't do it to draw attention to ourselves. We don't do it so that others will see that we do this. Um, but at the same time, I think that's a great word for, for us to encourage our, our teachers to, to consider taking uh, time to, to practice this so they have a, a whole different level of, of, of perspective as they share with their groups. That's a good word. So again, Christina, thanks for being with us today. Yes. Lynn, always good to have you uh, and have this opportunity to talk about Bible Studies for Life. Thank you, our listeners, for being a part of this uh, podcast experience by listening. We hope this has been beneficial to you and hope that it will be in the days to come. And we look forward to you being with us again in our next podcast. 